and welcome to a special series uh, from the Psychosocial Distancing Podcast. Um, over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be releasing four retrospectives of these amazing interviews that we did at Rocky Mountain Psych Association. And uh, to accompany those are, are going to be this, uh, which is a, a super cut of two to three interviews that we did. And so if you'd like to kind of listen to all of them at once and then listen to our retrospective, or listen to our retrospective, and then you're interested in, in listening to the episodes, well, here they are. Um, if you are interested in it, listening to these episodes solo, uh, just one, you want to you know download and listen to it, whatever, um, all the links are in the description below uh, for all the separate ones. Uh, but we're going to be kind of going through um, a number of, of, of kind of clusters or collectives that, that kind of mesh together. And so... Um, yeah, I, I hope you enjoy, and uh, this is sort of a little intro uh, as we kind of get into it. So uh, with no further ado, um, in, enjoy these these great interviews that we did at Rocky Mountain Psych Association 2023. Bye, everyone. Hello, we are back at RMPA Live, and today we are interviewing Magdalena Crow, aka Maggie Crow, on her poster presentation that will be delivered on Saturday. Yep. Yep. Um, so go ahead and give us an introduction, and then we'll talk about your research. Okay. Hi, I'm a senior undergrad at New Mexico Highlands University in the Human Connection Lab with Dr. Brooks, where I do a lot of research with tarot cards and mindfulness and what that does to people. So Sweet. Yeah. So tell us about the uh, poster. What research are you presenting? So I'm presenting the, <clears throat> it's a pilot study on tarot cards called Heart of the Cards, where we measured superstitious beliefs and like tried to see if tarot cards helped people or if they didn't help people and the correlations between all of that. So cool. What'd you yeah. find? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Then why are you here? <laughs> I just saw a podcast, wanted to do podcasts. <laughs> not going to lie. I'm not editing any of this out. <laughs> so, uh, well, do you want to walk us through the methodology of the study then? So what did you do? What? How did the data get collected? Yeah, so we set up at the NMHU Midterm Escape, which is like a little event that highlands hosts for midterms to help de-stress students and we <clears throat> set up a tarot card reading booth we had people fill out surveys beforehand and there was like a raffle so that was the incentive and myself dr brooks and jen aldred also from new mexico highlands uh read tarot cards and we 
wrote down the tarot cards that they got and put them into like the express the spreadsheet and then made all the correlations i don't know this is my first time talking about something like this <laughs> i'm scared i'm scared 911 help me <laughs> i i mean i um I actually, uh, one of the grad students wanted their tarot read and they wanted me to read it. So like, I felt the same way. I was very nervous reading tarot for the first time. Mm-hmm. So like, I, I get that. I, I guess what, what was, what was maybe like from, from your perspective doing this, like, cause this is like, like an in the field study. Mm-hmm. What was, um, one of the, I guess the more interesting or the more memorable and more off the wall, uh, things that were either asked or that sort of came up as part of the tarot reading. Um, I guess just people's reactions in general because you get so many different reactions like some people are like that's so accurate it's scary and then you can see in their eyes that they've become like enveloped in like what tarot can be and like the future telling aspect of it but there's like a lot more to it which I don't think people realize so sitting there and explaining that to them and walking them through that process of like interpretation was really interesting and um, anytime I would pull like a not so great card for somebody and I'd be like, you know, you can learn from this. It's okay. You could like see their face, like just the reactions of people were really interesting. It's always fun when you pull death on somebody. Yeah. And they're like, am I going to die? And you're like, yeah. well, yeah, in a way, maybe, I don't know. Eventually you will. Something in your life might leave. I pulled the uh, was it the king of was the king of swords like mm-hmm. sort of wise mentor mm-hmm. talking with a grad student who had just um, asked me to be their thesis advisor and I'm like yes you've just found this wise mentor <laughs> who's here to help you <laughs> and uh, I'll, I'll take it I'll take it the tarot cards can't lie right uh, it's totally me right <laughs> right um, I don't know what, what's something common that um, that that a lot of people like ask with with tarot like it's been it's been really interesting because I think. Like the social psychologist in me is really interested not maybe in like how the person responds to the reading, but like what are they asking? What is that thing that they want to know the most about? Because that that might open up some sort of door into like them and and what's important to them Mm -hmm. and what's going on in their lives at any given time. Um, Maybe it's just because we're reading on college campuses, but relationships tend to be like a really big one, be that like romantic partnerships or just like friendships in general tend to be like what people want to know most most about or like past present future like where is my life going what can I expect trying to answer the questions that you don't have answers to through like you know metaphysical means I think mostly for me anyway most of mine were like what am I doing after graduation when I was doing readings with students Mm -hmm. they're like am I going to get a job where am I going next yeah how do I get there? Mm-hmm. And that's been the majority of the ones I gave at midterm escape. Yeah, same. My student was just, am I going to finish my thesis? <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, I don't know, are you? <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> that's on you. <laughs> um, yeah. Cool. Well, thank you so much. Of course. Yeah. Thank you guys for having me. Yeah.
Alrighty, we're back at RMPA in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and with us is Andromeda Day. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. Would you like to give us an introduction about yourself and what you're doing here? I, I'm i an undergrad at New Mexico Highlands, and I'm here to talk about my poster presentation. Sweet. And what'd you do? What's the research? Um, it's about gamification of Title IX Violence Against Women's Act and sexual education. Sweet. So basically, we rounded up a whole bunch of students, which were mostly athletes, and they took our uh, Jeopardy-based survey. <laughs> Jeopardy-inspired. Inspired, inspired um, survey after they played a Jeopardy game. And it seems like they had fun. They learned some. It was a bit sparse on where they learned from and what the main source they learned from. However, there was only a, not that many students. And so it was a bit spread out and we didn't get through the whole Jeopardy game. So mm. we may be doing that way or having it done in a classroom. Cause mm -hmm. if it's done in a classroom, your students will be more happy because they're doing a game in class. Right. And they're a captive audience. Mm -hmm. And it's, they're not expecting to be entertained mm -hmm. like at something like the midterm escape. Right. So what did you find with the limited sample that you had? They learned, like, there were specific things that they learned really well and specific things they did not understand at all. Okay. So, like, one was uh, what age in New Mexico can an underage person and an overage person actually have sex? And most of them said not at all. Uh -huh. When technically, if they are married, they can have sex. Right based on like the laws and stuff like that, because you could technically, I think it's 16 or 17 that you could technically get married here. Mm -hmm. So like things like that, where it's like technicalities and very specific details that they would remember, I think they had a lot more trouble remembering. Mm -hmm. Do they have a tendency to remember like the more shocking information? So like less, less technicality and more like, ooh, like that's like, yeah, like certain aspects, like they were just like, oh, that that's shocking and like concerning, like that this many people like are sexually assaulted every year, like this many people don't go to the police for it and stuff like that. So that really popped out for them. Mm -hmm. What uh, you said there was a limited sample size. Can you walk me through the journey that you had to get the study oh, going and run and collected data? Um. We started all the way back in October. No, August. August. We were supposed to do the first one in October, mm -hmm. and it took all the way till what was this? February, March, March. Oh, man. All the way till March before we were finally able to be able to get a room and get some people in there to actually do it mm -hmm. because. It, it even took like 45 minutes after we were supposed to originally start before people actually showed up. Mm -hmm. And we like, we went to the cafeteria and shouted it saying, Hey, come, we're doing this thing. You could get some gift cards. And eventually we got people. So I was, I was just happy. We got somebody in that room. Mm -hmm. That sounds about right for research. I'm just happy. I got some people in a room. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so what would you, uh, so through this process, um, what would you do differently next time? Or like, where does this research go in the future for you? Um, I would, I'd like to see it be done in a classroom. Okay. I'd like to see like an actual class of high school, college students 
actually doing this and saying where their knowledge is in a classroom. And I want to see what like colleges actually have Title IX training and who mm-hmm. has to take said Title IX training. Because at Highlands, only RAs have to take Title IX training. Nobody else has to take Title IX training. Nobody else has to like have that in their face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and that's amongst the student. I'll, I'll preface this. That's amongst the student yeah. population. Yeah. Of the students. <laughs> Everyone who works there has to take this kind of training. But um, yeah, amongst students, it's very well, limited. At, as a student employee, well, I didn't have to take it at all. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I only had to take like a basics of like privacy. Like if Love. somebody left their computer open with their stuff on it, just close the computer. And that was it. That was the only type of training I had to do. Yeah, I mean, it does seem that like with like universities needing to maintain these sort of like federal guidelines for something like Title IX, like basic information mm-hmm. to the wider student body would be like very helpful in maybe reducing incidents of stuff that's happening. From what I understand, the of the undergrads who do get Title IX training, they just receive a like PowerPoint yeah, that's- uh, file. And then uh, do like a quiz in Brightspace because that's how my training was for gotcha. confidentiality. Yeah. Um, but also, I didn't know very much about Title IX until I did this project. Mm-hmm. I knew like there is some law, but I didn't know it's Title IX. Mm-hmm. No, we definitely learned. I learned more about Title IX oh. through this research than I had in all my trainings. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, we still get a talk, but even then, it's like during faculty development week and. It's limited. Mm-hmm. And there's not like a quiz. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just sort of, here's the stuff. You guys have to. And it's mostly about first reporter. It's mostly about reporting right. as opposed to like the law because like there's a Title IX officer and the dean of students who really kind of, I guess, handle most of that. We just have to report to them. Yeah, but with the quizzes, you could have the PowerPoint up mm-hmm. and take the quiz yeah. at the same time. So it's like you don't even have to memorize it. You could just have the quiz up and I think you get unlimited time with it too. So you could just have it up with the PowerPoint presentation and just go over real quick, answer the questions and be done with it. There's no incentive to actually learn the material. Mm -hmm. So yeah. Cool. So everyone should do a Jeopardy inspired learning for some of the information. At least, (laughs) at least some of the information, like you should know at least the basics of what your rights are and what you could do for your rights. Mm-hmm. Excellent. All right. Cool. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.